Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is a video teaching series, The First and Greatest Commandment, Loving God. <clears throat> in Lesson 3, we read uh, John 14, 6 through 21, and I taught from John 14, 6 through 11. So in this lesson, I'm going to read John 14, 6 through 21 again, but I'm going to continue with the last lesson uh, and teach from John uh, 14, 12 through 21. And so if you will uh, read with me, please, uh, John 14 and verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The work, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. <clears throat> believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Reading uh, <clears throat> John chapter fourteen twelve through uh, 21 in the Amplified, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do, uh, I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am, uh, so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in or through the Son. Yes, I will grant. I myself will do for you whatsoever, whatever you shall ask in my name as representing all that I am. I am. If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take into its heart because it does not see him and or know him and recognize him. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be with you, be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, or helpless. I will come to you. I will come back to you. Just a little while now, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him, and will show, reveal myself, reveal or manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. And then finally, we says, starting with verse 12, Most assuredly I am saying, he who believes in me, the works which I am constantly doing, also that one shall do, and greater than these shall he do, because I am proceeding to the Father. And whatsoever you ask, you may ask in my name, this will I will do, in order that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you are loving me with a divine and self-sacrificial love, the commandments which are mine you will keep. And as for me, I will ask the Father and another counselor of the same kind as I am. He will give to you in order that he may, that he might be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world is not able to receive because it does not see him with, with discernment and does not know him experientially. But as for you, you know him experientially because by your side he dwells and in you he shall be. Well, who was it that's been dwelling by their side and is going to be in them? He makes it plain. I will not leave you behind or helpless. I come to you. Yet a little while and the world no longer sees me. But as you... As for you, you see me, because I live, you shall live also. In that day you shall know experientially that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and habitually keeps them, he, that one is he who is loving me with a divine and self-sacrificial love. And he who is loving me thus shall be loved with this same kind of love by my Father. And I shall love him with a divine and self-sacrificial love. And I shall disclose myself to him. Now, it's taken a good portion of this lesson to uh, read all those verses. And I've read them all. And if you follow that, you're really good. If you follow along with the Amplified and with Weiss, you are really good at following. Uh, that's a little hard to do. I'm reading that hoping that you will have some kind of desire activated in you that you will not only go back and read the King James and the Amplified and Weast yourself, but other translations that you may have so that you can compare them one with another and get the full flavor of what the Holy Ghost is trying to say to you and I in these verses. Now, in the last lesson, we talked about who the Father is because you can't, you can't receive love from the Father if you don't really know who the Father is. And you're certainly not going to give yourself to the Father if you don't know who He is. But Jesus is here talking about some very important things that was going to happen to the church. And these are also promised to us. 
These things happened to the church starting on the day of Pentecost, but we are also the church, and these things happen to us just not in that same time frame. But they are all promised to us just as assuredly as they are promised to Jesus, promised to us by Jesus. So uh, I read again verse 11, and, and so I can read verse 12. No, I'm going to read... Uh, uh, verse, verses 10 and 11 before I read verse 12 and, and we begin to talk about that. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Oh wait, Jesus just said the works that, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Why? Because all the works of God are done through and by the spoken rhema of God. Jesus said, it is a spirit, John 6, 63, it is a spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words, the rhema that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life and they are quickening. That's how the spirit of God quickens us, by using the word of God, because it is the word of God that created everything. And so he said, verse 11, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, that and the next few verses are saying some very, very critical and powerful things to us as the church. It is God's faith in us because of his faith in himself to make us what he wants us to be that he's talking about. And what we should be able to expect him to do through us. And why and how he will do that. So, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. How? Why? Because the works that Jesus, the man Christ Jesus did, he did because the Father was in him, and the words that he spoke weren't his words, they were the Father's words, but when he spoke the Father's words, they activated and caused the Father's works to be done. That's the principle of faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13, as it is written, uh, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. Paul said, therefore I believe, and I, I, and I believe, therefore I speak. So I hear Rhema, and by the Spirit of the Lord speaking to me, the Spirit of the Father speaking to me, and then I speak Rhema <clears throat> by the empowerment of God being in me, and that spoken Rhema then produces the works of God. It's the only way you and I will be able to do the works that Jesus did. And when he said, because I go to the Father, that is all explained. And I'll come back to that as I read down here so you will see what he meant by that. Because the Bible always interprets itself if we will seek it and let it. Instead of giving our opinion on what it means. Verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Greek word translated glorified is doxa. It is the uh, the word we, we translate as glory. But according to Thayer's uh, and, and other translations, when it's refer in reference to God, it is the self-manifestation or the self-revelation of God. 
So when we ask in his name and he does it, it reveals that it was the Father and manifests that it was the Father in the Son. Because the one that can answer my prayers is not the man Christ Jesus, but the deity that was in the man who is the Father. So when the man says, the works that I do shall he do also, greater works that he shall do because I'm going to my Father, the man was removed from the earth and became the head of the body so that the body of Christ could come into existence on the day of Pentecost and so that the same Father God could be, could live in, be manifested in and through the body of Christ just like the original body of Christ that was on the earth that is now the head of the body. Ephesians chapter 1 says it very clearly. If you at, verse 14, if you at, shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who is talking there? The only one that did the works wasn't the man. He says that clearly. The son didn't do the works. The father did the works. The one that was in the son. The deity in the son did the works. So the deity is talking now. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who's talking? The son? No, the father. He's God. If you love me, keep my commandments. So there we go again. If I don't keep his commandments, I don't love him. Now he'll say that in verse 21, but I don't want to get off of that right now. So then Jesus is explaining how the Father's going to be in us and do the works. The next verse says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Who poured out the day of the Holy Ghost the day of Pentecost? Read it. John the Baptist in Matthew 3, also in Mark and Luke, if I remember correctly, said, I did baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. He shall baptize, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So the second person is going to baptize us with the third person? Or is the second person actually the first person in spirit? The, the first person is uh, God the Father, is the spirit and the deity that was in the man Christ Jesus. And that same one spirit, there's only one spirit, there's only one God, one spirit, that same spirit is going to come into us as a comforter? Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Well, the only way that the one that's going to be in them was dwelling with them is the spirit, God the Father, who dwelling in us is called the Holy Ghost, but it's God the Father, the spirit of the Father in us. The phrase uh, God, the spirit of God, uh, the Father, the spirit of the Father, uh, the spirit the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, uh, all of those are synonymous terms for the one Spirit. One God, one Spirit. Jesus said, God is a Spirit. That's John 4.24. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse. there's one body and one Spirit. There's one spirit. There's only a, one God, 
one spirit. And that spirit of God was the infinite and is the infinite. And that same spirit of God spoke the rhema or the logos and created the worlds. And that same spirit of God caused the seed of the word to impregnate Mary and caused the visible representation of himself to be born. And that same spirit dwelt in the man Christ Jesus as the father. And that same spirit empowered the man Christ Jesus to die for us. And the spirit of the father came back in him, resurrected him from the dead, took him up into heaven, and he now sits as the visible representation of God of the Father on the throne forever because he is God the Father manifest in the flesh. And then the Spirit of the Father was poured out into the church to recreate the body of Christ on the earth, making Christ now the head of that body because the Father did all of that. And we can call, we can use different uh, uh, descriptive titles to address each one of those works and call it by different names. But in the, at the end of the day, there's one God, the Father. First Corinthians 8 and 6. But to us there is one God, the Father. And He is the Spirit. And He does all this. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8 and 6, But to us there is but one God, the Father. And one Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's two. No, it is the infinite, eternal I am God and his visible representation of himself. Not a separate person, not a separate being, but the infinite I am God manifested in the finite. The infinite made known, made visible in and to the finite. Now, Jesus says that the one who is coming, he said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter uh, that he may abide with you forever. Why did he call it another? The Greek word there for another is not a different one, but another form of the same one. Look it up. The Greek word is very specific. It's not a different one, another, but it is a different form of the same one. I'll give you another comforter. He's been, he's dwelling, uh, he, he's dwelled with you, but now he's going to be in you. Well, the body of the man Christ Jesus can't be in, in us. The only way he can be in us is by the word and the spirit. That's why he said in verse 18, I, I will not leave you comfortless, or the Greek is orphans, abandoned. I will come to you. Well, the only one that came was the Holy Ghost. Right. No. When the Holy Ghost came, the Spirit of Christ came, the Spirit of the Father came, the Spirit of the Lord came, God came, because they're all one and the same. They're not different persons. It's God. I received, you received the Spirit of God. Verse uh, 19 says, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Well, how was the man Christ Jesus resurrected from the dead? Because the Spirit of the Father came back in the body, resurrecting it from the dead. And because the body of the man Christ Jesus was resurrected from the dead by the Father, 
we're going to live also because that same spirit that resurrected Christ, the man from the dead, is came in us and, and lives in us by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, verse 20, at that day, you shall know that I'm in my Father. What day? The day of judgment? No, the day that I come into you as the Father by the Spirit. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. When he said, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Galatians 3.27, For as many as are baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That puts us into him. And then with, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father, the Holy Ghost, one Spirit, I only received one Spirit, was baptized into me. And, and so I'll know that he said, I am in you. But then he does this one more time. He takes all that discussion and finalizes it with, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Now, John 7.17 says, If any man will to do his will, he shall know of my doctrine whether it is from God or from myself. If I want to have his commandments, all I have to do is to seek God, read his word with him present. Don't ever read the Bible outside of the presence of Jesus. You will end up deceived. Your intellect will be involved. It will be the only thing involved. The Spirit of the Lord will not be talking to you if you're going to intellectually study the Word. Why would I want to? When I can sit down with the author and let the author teach me. Why would I want to do anything different than that? I don't. Do you? So, he that hath my commandments, that's the first step. And keepeth them. Diligently, carefully. Seeks God for the empowerment to obey him. Why? Because loving him by keeping his commandments is loving him. He says that's loving him. If you love me, verse 15, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, 
the critical part here is this. God loves everybody, but only in the sense that he offers his love to everybody. I am not truly loved till I receive that love. He offers his love to me without condition. I want to love you. But if I receive that love, that love will then begin to cause me to want to please him. And to please him, I will need to obey him. And I'm not earning his love by obeying him. I have to receive his love first unconditionally before I can be empowered to love him. So obeying the commandments doesn't earn anything. It's not being saved by works. It is the manifestation that the love of God is in me and the love of God causes me to love God and God is the word and the anointed word and uh, the word and the spirit abide in me and loving God means I love the word because you can't separate God from the word and if I love the word, then I'm going to want to do what the word says for me to do. And I'm going to not want to do the things the word says me to not do. But I can't do any of that on my own without him being in me to empower me. Jesus said, and we began the reading in verse 6 of chapter 14 of John, uh, I, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it is the word and the spirit that opens the door for me to come to God. And it is the word opens the door and the spirit of God is what draws me to God and empowers me to get there because I cannot save myself. And I can't find God on my own and I can't be saved by my decision alone. Uh, I have to come when he's calling me. I have to respond when he's calling me. But if I do that, I'm going to want to obey him. Again, I've already quoted this in this series, but here it is again, Ephesians 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So the idea that we don't have to do anything to be saved, no, we don't have to do anything to merit his love, to earn his love. But once I receive his love, and I can't receive his word separate from his word, I can't receive his love separate from his word and separate from his spirit, because Romans 5, 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So I can't receive the love of God without receiving his word and receiving his spirit. And once I have his word and his spirit in me, I then am going to want to love him in return by obeying his word. But I will not have earned anything because all of my obedience of his word is by his spirit's empowerment. So only God gets the credit for all of my obedience. But if I'm not obeying the word of God, according to Jesus verse 15 and verse 21 of John 14, I don't love God. If I'm not obeying the word of God, I'm not, I don't love God. And again, as I've already taught in this series, the Lord understands we're not going to do this purpose per, uh, perfectly, 
but we're supposed to be growing in him. We're supposed to be maturing in him. We're supposed to be going from uh, spiritual babies that can't do a thing for itself to a mature child of God who is now a conduit, conduit of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he can do all this stuff through us. And then he says, uh, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. I thought God already loved us. He does. But this is what he's talking about. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Jesus said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. The word of God is the will of God. So doing the will of God is doing the word of God as the spirit of God applies the word to our lives for us to obey. Jesus said at that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. And the Greek is there, many amazing or awesome demonstrations of supernatural power. And Jesus said, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And what is iniquity? It's not doing the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Jesus said. That's iniquity. When I do my own will, I'm not doing the Father's will. That's working iniquity. And he said... It, and when, so when he says in John fourteen twenty one, he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, he's not speaking, saying we weren't loved before. We can't come to God except by the love of God. It was the love of God that provided our sal- for our salvation in John three sixteen. So what does it mean? It means that we would, that if we obey him and love him, we are now in a, an approved relationship with him. Because when he said, I will say unto them, uh, uh, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. The Greek, obviously God knows everything. So the Greek word there, it's not speaking of God having lack of knowledge, but the Greek word there is speaking of God approving of our relationship with him. So when it says, uh, he that loveth me is is love." he that is, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. If Christ is the Word made flesh, how can I love Christ without loving the Word? And if I love Christ, who is the Word made flesh, uh, then can I love him without wanting to keep the Word? And if I do keep the word, I'm doing the will of my father or his father, which is in heaven. And we will then have an approved relationship with God. And Jesus said, then I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And might I add, through him. All of this is all interrelated. God's word and God's principles are a homogeneous whole. And we have a tendency to take principles out and look at them individually, separate from the whole. 
and we come up with understanding of these principles that are not accurate because we, we, we study the principle, whatever that principle is, uh, love, salvation, grace, mercy, peace, righteousness, etc., etc., uh, ministry. We look at all those things. We look at them individually and without really looking at them as how they interrelate. And because God is one and all of those are elements of himself and his work in and through us, you can't divide them up without dividing God up. And when you divide God up and you divide those principles up, you come up with false doctrine. And as we read in 1 John 2, in lesson 2 of this uh, uh, series, if we say we know him and we're not keeping his commandments, we're a liar and the truth's not in us. So the Lord Jesus Christ wants to use you and me if we will let him. And we let him by letting him love us unconditionally by washing away our sins when we don't deserve, forgiving and washing away our sins, uh, which we don't deserve, and then receiving his gift of the Spirit so that the love of God can be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, and then letting the Word and the Spirit work in and through us, which is called grace, empowering us to do what we cannot do ourselves, which is to receive, to return that agape love back to God who gave it because he is agape, and by returning it by obeying him, by his grace, obeying his word, and giving him our whole being. This is the great commandment. This is the great commandment. I pray in Jesus' name that you receive this grace and the revelation from grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened in Jesus name according to Ephesians chapter 1 and that we might be come into the relationship with him that he approves of in Jesus name God bless you amen